Welcome to episode number 64 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found my show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Jonathan Sprout, who's had an amazing career as a family musician and has a project called Heroes, where he is researching and learning about heroes from American history and putting their stories to songs. Beautiful songs, I might add. At the end of the show, you can hear his tribute to Dr. Seuss, or his song about Dr. Seuss, all the way through in its entirety. You can also go to www.goodstuffpod.com if you haven't heard all of the episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. There's over 80 total if you count bonus content and Good Stuff Sports. You can find it all there. You can also find it on iTunes or now also on Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. They're all there and they are all free. You can also reach me via email at mike at goodstuffpod.com. I promise I'll write back. I'm a writer backer. I will do it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. Coming in at number four this week is Just Be by future guest Kira Wiley. This is a pretty song. Number three this week is brand new from Randy Kaplan, and it's called Honk Honk. We've been listening to this one a lot in the car. My daughters love it. They call Randy our guy. Can we please listen to our guy? I think you'll love this song. Your nose, Daddy. What's with your nose, Randy? You mean the extreme outpost of my face? Huh? That's what Ambrose Pierce called it. I call it a honker. So what happened to your honker? I had a procedure. Let me see. Ow, don't do that. Honk, honk. Get out of here. Honk, honk. I feel like I'm in a Shostakovich up. Honk, honk. Hey, I'm going to ask nicely one more time, okay? It hurts, and your hands are filthy. So kindly refrain from doing it, please. Please don't squeeze my nose. Oh, you can squeeze my mushy tushy, and you can squeeze my drummy tummy, and you can squeeze my wacky backy, but please don't squeeze my nose. I'm really looking forward to talking to Randy in the next couple weeks to have him on the show. A lot of questions, especially about that one and many other of his songs. If you don't know Randy's music, you should definitely check it out. Coming in at number two this week is We Are the Dinosaurs by the Lori Berkner Band. You may not know this, but this song was recently turned into a book. You should check it out. We just saw it at the bookstore yesterday. It's awesome. Coming in at number one this week is Beach Song, again by our guy, Randy Kaplan. I don't want to be on the beach, no! 
this week's plus one, ladies and gentlemen, for the second week in a row, is a winner. And all I will tell you is to turn your volume up right now. That, of course, is Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, a winner. If you liked anything you've heard on this week's countdown, you can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. Enjoy Immigrant Song. Welcome, Jonathan Sprout, to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you? Thank you, Michael. I'm very well, thanks. Good. We, we kind of dove in a little bit um, before we, we officially started rolling, but I think we're going to have a lot to talk about today. So mm-hmm. you are a musician, and you've been a kids musician. I think you put out nine records with, is that right, or is that, is that dated info? The, the, ty- the total is actually 10, but okay. my first records were grown-up records. Oh, first two records are grown-up. So what was the switch to, to kids stuff? Uh, 1986 was my first kids album. My third album, my, th- my third professional album was my first kids album, 1986. Okay, cool. And so what, what was it about um, kids music that was appealing to you? And I, I'm assuming it's something that's still appealing to you now. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I've evolved into children's music. <laughs> but because in in the world out there, um, we seem to be treated as um, less than grown up musicians. Um, but to me, it's 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 an evolutionary process where I've gone up to kids' music because um, there's a certain element of um, uh, you need to be professional and you also need to be able to uh, you know to be honest with your music because kids can see through that. Um, a lot more readily than grown-ups usually can. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but it all started with my mother, who was a school teacher, and um, I was trying to make it, you know, in uh, coffee houses and nightclubs and restaurants and all those grown-up hangout places where people start uh, as musicians. And my mother would say, "No, you got to come in and sing for my third graders." And I, you know, Mom, come on, <laughs> that's below me, Mom. I'm not gonna do that. So, you know, mothers, you know how they can be. So she kind of ribbed me at it enough. And um, so one day I I had a little spare time. So I went in and I sang for her kids and they had a great time. And most importantly, I had a great time. I mean, I didn't have any children's music at that time. I was just singing. uh, You might know John Denver. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Joni Mitchell, uh, Jim Croce. He's a Philadelphia former uh, singer songwriter here. Um, you know, I was just singing those songs that were PG rated child appropriate. And, um, on the other side of the wall, I didn't know this, but the classroom next to the one where I was singing with mom, there was the woman who had her hand on the purse strings of the student activities fund. Uh (laughs) I was leaving and she said, you know, I heard you through the wall. Would you do that for the whole school? And, uh, 
at that point, she offered me 150 bucks, which was twice what I was getting for four hours in a nightclub. So <laughs> I said, I'll work something up for you. I'll do it. Uh -huh. And that was 1980 or 81. Yeah. And um, I had a cathartic experience um, singing for kids. And just I remember walking off that stage in that gymnasium saying, this is it. Forget this grown-up stuff. I'm doing kid stuff. This is where my heart is. Uh -huh. and, and the kids, I mean, I was a rock star to them. They were just going nuts. To yeah. them, I was a rock star. They couldn't tell. That it didn't matter that I wasn't famous. To them, I was right there, and I was a rock star. So. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's so, I mean, that's a, it's just a, my story is a little similar to that, you know? Like, I, as a musician, I was like, well, I'm going to make it big. I'm going to tour the world. And then it's like. But playing music for kids is like a lot more fun than trying to convince adults, you know, in a in a bar or club setting that like your music is worth their time. So I, I totally agree with that. Totally. That's really good. Really good. You know the way I used to put it, in when you when you sang in a bar, you you were part of a three ring circus. I mean you had um you had people who went there for other reasons to meet other people uh or, or to 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 drink and um you know as the provider of music you weren't necessarily center stage right um, but when you sing for kids you are center stage totally completely yes um so so you you have a series of records um four of them all mm -hmm. about heroes so i guess like let's start at the beginning and and what what sort of put you in this direction? And then we'll sort of dive in from there. Yeah, well, I'd made um, uh, six albums. Four, I'd made four kids' albums already. Um, the one that uh, came prior to my first Heroes CD is called Dr. Music. And I spent, and I, the, you're going to freak at this, but I spent 2,000 hours producing that album. Wow. A lot of it was just me on, on a sequencer, uh -huh. but I, I actually logged the time and it was 2000 hours. And I, I remember thinking, what, what can I do beyond this? I mean, uh -huh. this, as, as professional studio wise as I can get. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, I've been making music that just makes kids laugh. Basically, I uh -huh. would like to have a, I'd like to leave a longer taste in their mouths. I'd like to more of a bite uh -huh. I like to, to teach more not just make them laugh and I had been reading um, an author named Stephen Covey who wrote a book called The Seven, Seven Habits, Habits. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, in fact people uh, heavily influenced by what he would say about how you know you need to teach character um, you need to you know if people want to become successful they have to have the qualities of honesty and compassion and civility and citizenship and all that good stuff. And, um, and at the same time, I remember there was a, um, um, a, a poll that had been done asking children all around America, who is your hero? And the top 10 results were obnoxious basketball players and cartoon characters. Uh -huh. And I thought, where's Ben Franklin? Where's, Clara Barton, you know, where's Susan B. Anthony? How come, what, what's wrong with this picture? So then I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to learn about these people and write songs about them. 
and see what happens. And yeah. so I made I made an album called American Heroes, and it was it was nine people: um, Sacagawea, Clara Barton, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, uh, Thomas Edison, Harriet Tubman. Um, you know, and and, and I, I had no idea if it was going to work. Yeah, uh, but it did. It did. Um, so then I made another one called More American Heroes. And I had no idea if, I thought maybe this is it. I'll just make two. But then um, then I, I realized that I really was more about that, about yeah. heroes than about anything else. So then came the third, which got a Grammy nomination. And then, so as a result, I created a fourth. Very cool. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of how they all sort of started. I, I didn't know I was going to make four of them when I started. <laughs> but, well, I think what's interesting about it is that you're, I mean, how would you describe the songs about a person? Like, it's not just like a straight biography, is it? But, like, do you, like, key in on something about them and then write about that particular thing? You know, there is an art to writing biographical songs that few people know anything about. Uh-huh. I learned it on the way. Um, and I had some help, some great help from uh, co-writers Dave Canoin, Peter Bliss, uh, and Jimmy Hammer. And those guys are, uh, in many respects, better than, you know, more experienced than I as writers. I, I was kind of like the concept person, the believer, the dreamer, the executive and then I would write these songs and I would bring them to Dave and he'd go, uh, we can do better, you know, and oh, so okay. we it apart and put them together. So, but what, what I learned in the process is you can write a song about a hero that is in third person where you say, you know, she did this, she did that, she did this, which is, it's, it's okay for a song or two, but you can't do that for an entire album or it just sounds boring. Uh-huh. Or you can write it as though you are that person. Like when we wrote when we wrote the Harriet Tubman song, we wrote it um, as though the singer is Harriet Tubman, saying, "Hey, get get on this train, get on this underground railroad, you know, because if you don't, you're going to be stuck in chains the rest of your life. Get your button gear, you know." Yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's so, big, big concept. Yeah, yeah. So, so we did it that way, and then and then you can also uh, lately, as I've been writing these hero songs. I'll pick an incident in their life that was critical and um, I'll write about that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you don't have to tell the whole story of the person's life in what is it? 50 words. The idea is, is to just get the flavor of that person's life across right. and hopefully the kind of music that that person might have listened to, or that might be somewhat related, you know, the same kind of instruments maybe yeah. that would have used or heard in their, in their life, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and then the idea is just to, to serve as a spark for children, you know, to get interested enough to want to learn about heroes. Yeah. And, and you, you, the, the definition of heroes is, is pretty broad. You know, it's athletes to astronauts to, you know, Johnny Appleseed to, to really, um, so how do you, how do you make your list? I guess, like, how do you decide who you're going to write about? So I have, um, I have a mentor. And his name is Dr. Dennis Denenberg. Now, I didn't have him to start. I didn't uh -huh. have him for the first album, but I met him after the first album because he, he does the same thing for teachers that I do 
for students. He writes books, he travels around the country, he used to until he retired recently, and he gave teacher workshops all about the importance of teaching about real heroes in schools, not not cartoon characters, but real heroes. So uh, Dennis and I have become good friends. Uh, I will, and, and teachers, I'll go into a school and I'll sing and they'll go, I remember one teacher <laughs> gave me a book on Milton Hershey. Um, he said, you got to do this guy. And I thought, come on, I, I'm not advertisement <laughs> for chocolate. <laughs> but, but then I learned who Mer Milton Hershey was. And I learned that he was not about the chocolate. He was about hard work. And he had failed a number of times as a kid and then learned how to succeed. And he was also about charity because he gave all his money away. And now the Milton Hershey School is one of the five wealthiest schools in all of America. It's like worth $10 billion Whoa. because yeah. of one guy. You know? uh -huh. So the story of Milton Hershey is anything but the story of chocolate. It's about generosity. So teachers have suggested... Uh, Dennis Denenberg suggested, and, and the main thing I want is that I want to do a person who was a hero consistently through their life because of the, the, the character they had. You know, if you're consistently honest and compassionate and, and caring and, and hardworking, the odds are you're going to do good stuff in your life. And so I try to pick people who were that way day after day after day. I got nothing against the fireman who runs in and saves somebody from a burning building. But um, <laughs> I pick my heroes based on, you know, the long, the long term effect of their lives. Huh. Was there anyone that you've written about where, where, you know, someone, you came up with the idea or someone came to you and said, you got to check this person out. I guess Hershey would, is one example, but yeah. any more where you were like, no, there's nothing here. There's no, there's no heroic thing that oh. I can pull out of this. Oh yeah. I mean, and there were a lot of people, honestly, I had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, you know, I, I hey. I majored in psychology. I was not a history major. I was not a music major in college. I was a psych major. So I didn't learn about Mary McLeod Bethune until um, uh, Dr. Denenberg and a few other people said, you know, you really, you should, you should. So I started reading about her. She had gone through all kinds of horrible abuse as a child. Uh, I think she was born just at the end of slavery in the 1800s, mm -hmm. became an incredibly inspiring educator, um, established a school that's now a, a, a wonderful university in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, she was the most famous African-American in the 1940s. I mean, the most famous. She was, well, I, I probably wouldn't be fair to say she was the Oprah Winfrey of the 1940s because Oprah Winfrey is a, a celebrity and Mary McLeod Bethune was more of a, an intellectual academic type. But seriously, she was, she was um, the most famous African-American in the 40s. And uh, it's because she just was such a big thinker and she did so many wonderful things that had nothing to do with her and they had everything to do with with advancing um african americans mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely uh, that's that is a great example um so i you know i i'm i want to hear from you like what the concert experience is like you know at a jonathan sprout concert because i think that 
this is such an opportunity to not just share like high quality music, but to share, you know, I, I assume that you got to, you're going to, Oh, I'll let you tell me, you know, I don't want to answer for yeah. you, but like, so at your concert, how does the, the presentation of the heroes take place? Well, um, first of all, I, I used to sing in, in, um, uh, theaters, you know, there, there's a whole series of, um, uh, children's concerts that are given at various uh, theaters and whatever around the country. And I used to be actively pursuing that kind of work. But um, I I made a decision in the 1990s that, you know, I'm really a better fit for schools because I'm so, I have to teach. Right. And I didn't want to be overly pedantic in uh, in theaters but I'm a perfect fit for a school. So um, virtually everything I do now is in elementary schools where it's acceptable to get up and lecture. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. it's, it's interactive lecture. I mean, sure. it's not like you just get up there and talk because you have to ask questions and you have to play. I play the guessing game, for instance. I'll start out with each hero and I'll give clues about the person. Uh, he was a man of many firsts. He was our nation's first spy master. He was, um, we think, the first person to raise mules in America. He was one of the first scientific farmers. The very first money ever minted by the United States was made from his silverware. He was um, uh, first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his countrymen. He was considered the first or best dancer in the colony of Virginia. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you? I believe, because yeah. He was the first president of the United States. Right, right, right. So you save the, the, the easy reveal exactly. for the end, right? Like, yeah. Then I pull out a large dollar bill. His face <laughs> is on the first, sometimes called the one dollar bill. And at that point, the kids go nuts, you know. Uh -huh. And they all want to yell at George Washington. So I'll play the guessing game. Uh, and then I will talk about each of the heroes. Why do we say they're a hero? Mm -hmm. And with every one of these persons, there there are really fun, interesting stories that reveal uh, who they were and um, and why we call them heroes. Yes. So it's fun. It's not dead people and dates. Right, exactly. You're bringing it to life. It's great. It's stories. Yeah. yeah. So let so me... I, yeah. And then I sing the song about them. So there's music, but half of it is is the is the history and the, and the character education that goes on. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that... Uh, I would imagine that sometimes it gets a little personal, like in a nice way. So of all of the people that you've written about, is there one hero that stands out to you where you're like, this, this is the, this is the one, this is the role model. This is the person that I, I relate to the most that I gravitate to the most. It's, it might at first sound strange to you, but the person I often best relate to is Susan B. Anthony. Okay, interesting. Yeah, tell me why. Um, she um, never had children. She never married. Now, I, I have been married. I'm not married now. I essentially consider my work and my audiences my children. Mm -hmm. I think she was the same way. Um. Many people wanted to marry her, but in her day, if you got married, everything you owned automatically became your husband's property. She wouldn't go there. So she, uh, instead of, of, you know, taking care of her own personal needs, looked to herself as taking care of society's needs. And 
the main thing I can I can identify with her is the the day-to-day grind. I mean, this woman for 50 years crisscrossed America at a breathtaking pace. She gave over 4,000 speeches. A lot of times people didn't want to hear her. They didn't have microphones. They would shout at her in, in those days. They burned her in effigy out in the streets. She never gave up. She went from town to town. And not that I identify with this, but she died before the benefits of her work were really noticeable. And sometimes I just feel like a crusader. I'm out there trying to teach about heroes. And I'm not going to get really political here, but let's just say I kind of feel like a failure in the last few months because I've been trying to tell kids and their parents, you need to judge your heroes based on their character. There's a difference between celebrities and heroes. And um, America blew that big time uh, a few months ago. And, um, you know, this, is, this has been my mission, to try and get people to understand that um, you've you got you to gotta find heroes who have good character. Because that will inform their decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not be political at this time. And uh, it's hard to not sort of wear your, your politics on your sleeve at this moment. But I think that you are absolutely right. And I think that, uh, you know, this we're at a, a... It's pivotal. And I think the idea of character and the idea of values and the idea of being... Uh, authentic and genuine is going to be even more become even more important as we move forward. Yeah. So thank yeah, yeah thank you for sharing and thank you for sharing that that personal story. Um, that, that was very very uh, it was it was good to hear and and I appreciate how how much thought effort and love you you put into your work. It's obvious. So thanks for yeah. that too. Um, so tell me a little bit. Is March second an important date to you? yeah i you know i grew up in a family of teachers my parents were both teachers until they retired my grandparents so of course it's a huge day in school and any kid will tell you oh it's read across america day Mm -hmm. um i i hope they all know why and it's because um I believe it was 1997 when I don't know who I don't know who established who did it, but they decided to create Read Across America Day based on the birthday of Theodore Seuss Geisel, who uh, is now uh, unquestionably the most famous uh, name in children's literature. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, so March 2nd is is Read Across America Day, and then it's the funny thing is now they have Read Across America Week. And in some schools, it's like Read Across America Month. Right. uh, They're they're really milking this one, which is good, which is all good. Uh But but here's another thing. Uh, Even though Dr. Seuss is one of the 40 heroes I've written about, and I'm a huge fan of his, and I could, you know, we could talk about him for the next hour if you want. Um, That day is not meant to be about Dr. Seuss. It's meant to be about reading. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to read The Cat in the Hat on that day. It's it's meant to be a day to inspire you to want to read anything. It's just using Seuss's birthday as the excuse. As the launch pad, right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. So, so as an educator yourself, you would, you use that day, you know, and you, you, I mean, we'll talk about your, your song in just a second, but um, the idea that we can use one of these heroes to uh, inspire a, a, a national, a national thing. And like the art of reading is, mm-hmm. uh, it could potentially be lost on some, some, segments of some generations who's got their noses and their phones or whatever that was a dr seuss line their noses and their phones is or something right but um the yeah uh, but like you know my son for example just to to elaborate on what you said he did a, a reading a reading two weeks i think it was and the idea was to to read as much as possible and it was it actually, I think, changed him a little bit because he was, you know, is a young developing reader and now, like, he's uh, really into it. And I and it's just so nice to see him make that switch from, like, wanting to be on, you know, watch TV or whatever it is to now he's, like, happy to read. So so right. all, all of that to be inspired by Dr. Seuss, who's one of the heroes that you've written about is is the, is a nice connection. So... So tell tell me tell me what I need to know about Dr. Seuss from from, from your song. I love this guy. There are so many cool things about him. First of all, I am inherently an introvert. Okay, I know I know I make a living singing in front of audiences, but really it's just because I'm a writer, uh-huh. and nobody else would sing my songs. You know, you know how <laughs> many of us are are singer songwriters singers because nobody else will sing our songs. So uh-huh. that's how it started for me. And Seuss was the same way. Or Geisel. And you know, Seuss was his nom de plume obviously, but it, and his middle name, but Ted. That's what people would call him. Uh-huh. He, he was by nature introverted and um in fact I think this was this is one of my favorite quotes of his. I prefer to speak with people, not to them. Huh. He just didn't want to be at the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And um so he um, he focused on writing these these crazy things um, that you know each and every one of them teaches each of the books teaches. There's a there's a book called the Butter Battle Book, right. which is really right. about the nuclear arms race, and it's such a creative way of dealing with uh, nuclear escalation. It's so cool. It's mm-hmm. I mean even today it's a very appropriate book. But there but as far as Seuss the man, there's so many cool stories like. The first book he got published for children was, um, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. So he wrote the book coming back from Europe, um, and he and his wife were in a room that was in, I think, what they call steerage. It was very close to the motor that went do 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 do. So he wrote the whole book to the rhythm of the motor in that book. Cool. Where he came up with what we call anapestic tetrameter. Da-da-dum, 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 da-da-dum. Anapestic tetrameter. And so subsequently, it just became his style. All 60 of his books. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so he wrote this book. He'd been, he'd been pushing it to, or submitted it, and had something like 27 rejections. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, he uh, had just gotten his, uh, something like his 27th rejection. He's walking home. He and his wife, Helen, are in this apartment in Manhattan. He's walking down Madison Avenue, and he's ready. He's, he says to himself, I'm going to burn the manuscript. Forget it. I tried hard enough. He's walking down Madison Avenue, and he comes across Mike McClintock, who is a classmate of his from Dartmouth. Mike, okay. how you doing? Uh, Mike goes, um, uh, I'm, I'm in a pickle. What do you mean? 
well, I'm working for this publisher and they just gave me this position as children's editor. I, I don't know what to do with that. So Sue says, well, I have a manuscript. So McClintock says, okay, let's go upstairs. And he signs it. And it becomes, to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. Oh and my gosh. He becomes the most famous name in children's literature. Oh my gosh. Wow. He, he told people, Seuss told, or Ted told people after that, that if he'd been walking down the other side of Madison Avenue, he'd probably have ended up in the dry cleaning business. Oh, fascinating. Wow. Jeez. I, I mean, that's just one of the several, I think, bizarre stories. I mean, like there's another story, and I, I'm not, I won't tell you the whole story, but uh -huh. he, he ended up meeting Theodore Roosevelt in a very bad experience. Um, he had been sell, selling war bonds for World War, World War I in Springfield, Massachusetts, where he lived, Western Mass. And Theodore Roosevelt, the ever the hawk, had... Um, was passing through and he was going to give this speech and give these medals out to the 10 best-selling Boy Scouts who sold the most war bonds for World War I. Geisel is this shy guy. He walks out on the stage last. Roosevelt is only given nine medals. There's a mishap. He hands out the nine medals. He comes to, to Geisel, this 14-year-old skinny kid, and he looks at him and he goes, what's this boy doing up on the stage? And the scout <laughs> grabs Geisel and rushes him off the stage in front of family and friends and thousands uh, of people. And Geisel's like freaking out. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. And people believe that that was maybe the start of his uh, fear of audiences. That well, experience. That would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, talk about like on the biggest stage with the biggest player. It was like, oh man, and getting brushed off. Oh, oh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But it's these kinds of stories. And now, now that's one that I don't tell uh -huh. in children. Um, it's complicated, but uh, but it's stories like this that have surfaced in my research that they're just, you just can't make them up. Right. They're just amazing stories. Right. Yeah, and, and the one about the you know the dry cleaner story. I mean, it's it just gives me so much hope that this guy, who is the greatest writer of children's books, was was told no, twenty seven. Yeah. By other accounts, it might have been forty some rejections. Wow, it's wow. crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I mean, I think the one thing that is uh, apparent and great about the work that you're doing is. And we've touched on it a little bit, but just to you know, just to to really crystallize it is the the amount of research that you do is like you really believe it. You really believe that these people are heroes, and you're not just like you know looking for the one thing. You're you're looking at the whole rounded picture of the person, and and it, you know. So what you were saying before about how you want you focus on people who have been good their entire lives like that the the knowledge that you have really shows that that is an absolute truth that you bring to your teaching and to your music so um that's a, that's an amazing thing and over time anybody could have that grasp that i have but you know it's been it was 1994 when i wrote my first hero song i wrote yeah. about mark king honestly at that point i probably read a book considered, oh, that's enough. I know. I can write now. Mm -hmm. With each succeeding album, I went deeper and deeper 
under the surface, under the skin of each of these heroes. And on the last album, I spent one year researching before I wrote a thing. Oh my gosh. I, I read over 110 books that year. And I went to various historic sites. I mean, I've been to Mary McLeod Bethune's school in Daytona Beach just to meet with the, the director of her foundation to ask her questions. So I'm like a pseudo historian at this yeah, point. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I don't have the degree. I don't have the peer recognition, so to speak, but I have, um, I've done the research. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing is you, you're writing songs that people are going to, that are going to rattle around in their heads for the rest of their lives. Cause we all know we, there were songs when we were growing up that are still in there. Yeah. And so you, you darn well better be writing accurately <laughs> because <laughs> not, you're really screwing up things. Yeah. We don't want that. Um, no. so yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, the passion comes through. So what's, uh, what's, uh, what's on the horizon for you? How can we, so it's a two-parter here. How, how can we find yeah. you and connect with you and follow you if, if that's a thing and then how, uh, and then what's coming up next? Yeah. Well, um, so I don't have any plans to make any more heroes CDs. It's become such a massive thing. I mean, the last one took four years, yeah. the research, the writing, the recording. I, I'm so anal retentive about doing everything right that I've almost written myself out of the practicality of making any more heroes albums. However, um, I do have all this information that I think is as appropriate, as topical as ever. So I've decided to, um, to write some books about it cool. that correspond with the songs on these CDs. So I don't know exactly how it's going to take shape, but I'm in the process of writing down the stories of, um, the inspiring stories. Now, the working title for this is They Went High. Inspired by the speech that Michelle Obama gave yep. last summer uh, in July of 2016 when she talked about how they teach, how she and Barack have taught their children to respond to the low blows that occur when you're in the limelight. When they go low, we go high. And uh, so I am rethinking all 40 of my heroes. I'm writing about them now. How did they go high? What did they do? Wh what were the lows that hit them? Was it poverty, uh, illness? Um, you know, was there an antagonist? Was there some kind of challenge? And how did they go high? What did they do? Um, so I'm in the process of writing their stories now. And, them. and so, yeah, books are, are going to come out of that. Um, <laughs> To reach me, I guess the simplest way is my website. It's johnsprout.com without the H. Okay. J-O-N-S-P-R-O-U-T. I have a Twitter account. I have a Facebook account. Um, uh, I'm on uh, Sirius XM radio, and you can make a Sprout channel on Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> and we all should. We all should. Great. Yes, well, there are various and sundry ways. I'm on, you know, Amazon Music and uh, CD Baby. You probably know about CD Baby. Yeah, it's a great, great artist-friendly uh, website. So I would say, you know, if you're ever going to buy a, um, a download or, or a physical CD, CD Baby is the best place. It was created by musicians 
um, and uh, musicians like myself uh, who spend their personal money to make these albums yeah. get get the best uh, return from sales there. So, Great. So we, we should support you. We should check out CD Baby. Well, um, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. I'm inspired. I think that what you're doing is, is really is really great, and I am uh, blown away by the, the breadth and depth of your knowledge about your subject matter. So um, thank you for your time, and hopefully when the books come out, we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks so much. It's been so much fun getting I've, – I've, I've loved getting excited about these heroes once again talking with you. Thanks. Thanks again to Jonathan. It was so cool to hear him talk so knowledgeably about all of these people and such interesting stories. I really could have talked to him all day. Uh, we, we talked for a long time. It was really, really cool. Good guy. Check him out. Johnsprout.com. If you were so inclined, you can go to www.goodstuffpod.com. Check out all the old episodes. If you write a review on iTunes, I will give you a sticker. Yeah, we're going to make some stickers. Yep. That's the announcement. We're going to make some stickers, and if you write a review and email me and tell me about it, I'll get you a sticker. Yep, that's what I'll do. Here is Dr. Seuss by Jonathan Sprout. Was a man of remarkable wit Who could find words that rhymed And then make them all fit Into stories that tantalized Tickled and teased With fantabulous pictures That playful we pleased He wrote about Ubrax And rockets and zoos And hunches and punches And Horton and Hoos His style was whimsical, wacky and wild And now he's a hero To every child
Stuff.